welcome to Open Here, a podcast for learning about accepting and being love. I'm Jackie Holman, lover of dark chocolate. Oh, most, one of the most wonderful foods I have come to enjoy in my life. In this episode, I'll speak of uh, giving voice to my school days. This is voice lesson number five for the Open Here podcast. Overall, this is episode number nine. Going to talk more pretty much of school days and a teensy bit of childhood. So basically ages zero to 18. Uh, not too much emphasis on the farm, as that was the last episode. Uh, so when I was born, born to a family that lived on a small farm in a itty bitty town called Casella, and in Casella is a town with no stoplights. As I think I said yesterday, uh, had a bar, and across the street was the Catholic Church the town and maybe a handful of other small businesses. Uh, My family lived half a mile south of the church. We would walk there at times in the summertime or I'd ride my bike occasionally uh, to like 7.30 morning mass in the summertime uh, if milking was done by then. Uh, I liked seeing the church from my house. It was just part of the landscape um, looking out to the north. There is the church steeple, standing up nice and tall. I could also see the screen of a drive-in movie theater if I'd look to the west. That was always kind of cool. Sometimes we'd get binoculars out and try to look at that. Anyhow, I digress. Uh, Seeing the church from home was a great reminder um, of God's presence constantly when I was growing up. I grew up as one of seven children of my parents, Um, a boy first, then me then another boy, then a girl, and then three boys. So I was the oldest girl, number two overall. It was an excellent preparation for motherhood. Boy, I cannot, I, I can only imagine the headaches that it, that my parents had to go through at times. But being born second oldest uh, really helped me because I helped out take care of the younger siblings once I was old enough to help out with them. And that paid off well when I became a mama myself. Preschool age, I didn't go to any preschool classes. It wasn't as popular as it is now. Um, but I just, re- when I think about my childhood before I went to school, I spent a lot of time folding cloth diapers and playing Barbies, playing with the puppies that our dog had. I'd play dress up and then I had like a little, uh, some play dishes that I would use. So that's most of what I remember. Elementary years, uh, I liked school. Um, didn't mind going. It, it went pretty smoothly. I would have a friend over or, or I would go to her house. Um, went to mass every Sunday. I remember going to CCD classes Wednesday nights. We would clean the house every Saturday morning. That's just what we did. Uh, Occasionally, we would go to a basketball game, maybe once per season. I would be able to go to a football game or a basketball game. Um, I joined band when I was in fifth grade and started playing the flute. And I joined 4-H in third grade, did some projects there over the years. Um, 
one memory that I, I started babysitting in probably fifth grade uh, for aunts or uncles or neighbors that had maybe some older kids and sometimes babies because again having that many younger siblings I knew how to change the diapers I knew how to put them down for sleep and all that stuff so um, that was a good way for me to make money and I spent a lot of it on books especially the series called The Babysitter's Club uh, one sad event two sad events actually when I was in kindergarten a boy that moved away from my from our school but soon after that he was hit by a car and was killed unfortunately and then in fifth grade we had a classmate that that passed away so those were some uh, unexpected encounters with uh, people and people that I knew in my life that had died and passed away um, moving into junior high I had really wanted to be a cheerleader and I made the cheerleading squad in seventh and eighth grade. Uh, in eighth grade, I was part of our school's very first cross junior high cross country program. It was me and two other girls and two seventh grade boys. And that was it. Um, classes generally went okay. I attended one event called STAR, Students Teaching About Resistance, and it was promoting students to make healthy choices that were drug-free. That program was amazing and really influenced my choice later on to be a middle school teacher because it was the one of the earliest memories that impacted my decision to be an educator. High school started um, classes generally were fine. Uh, I got involved in a number of activities. I did marching band. Our marching band was really good and, and concert band was good also. Our marching band did competitions and we won the vast majority of those. I did cross country and track. I, I had a boyfriend my sophomore, junior and senior year. I participated in our church's CYO which is more so for social events, a little bit of fundraising. So just to hang out with people from church and, um, and we would go horseback riding sometimes to go see a, um, religious play like Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat that some local church is putting on solo and ensemble, um, CCD still on Wednesday nights, even in high school, that was just the common culture for our community. Um, I remember being in Algebra 2 class and liking how numbers were working together and that was a significant moment for me and uh, part of the reason that I am a math teacher today. Uh, things that I struggled with, um, I had a boyfriend in high school but really not too many other friends. Um, so I was very grateful. Um, looking back, yeah, definitely grateful that I had that dating relationship to help me out. And um, because I think that was, the, it, it would have been a lot more lonely for sure uh, had that relationship not been present. Um, my junior year, unfortunately, our class had another classmate that, that passed away. Um, she was driving. I think driving back to school from uh, from a career preparation program and went left of center and was hit by a car coming the other direction. 
Um, so that was another, unfortunately, um, another encounter for our class with death and dying. Um, when I look back on my school days, um, I'm going to tackle the, uh, or I may not tackle, explore the religious aspect in a different episode. But when I look at the impact of my school days on my voice, um, things that came to mind was, okay, I, I believed I was smart. Um, my grades were decent, not straight A's, but um, not too far off. I felt confident I can do schoolwork and get good grades. But I also had times my voice was saying, no one likes me. I don't have friends that call me up and invite me to hang out. I'm not in the popular group. I wanted to do well in school, but then if I did too well, gosh, then I was going to get made fun of. Um, I felt unseen by my classmates, but seen by my teachers. Sometimes it was easier to talk with teachers than it was people my own age. And yes, I got the good old teacher's pet award, which, okay, that's that. Um, sometimes I would hear that I was mature for my age. Um, I would try to go out or include myself with other groups of my peers, but I never really felt included in a group. Um, when I recall the trials, it definitely brings some sadness, but from the sadness, it reminds me of wanting to be a junior high teacher and guide students to be friendly to everyone because I experienced how lonely it can be. It can be easy to stay stuck in that sadness and to give my attention to the voices that are saying you were an outcast and it was lonely and people didn't like me and and I was so worried about the voices of other people. And still at times, at age 41, I'm still so worried about voices of other people. And I reflected, what did I believe about their voices? I believe that their voices, especially their words of approval or criticism or putting me down, determined whether I was good enough. I believed that my value was determined by the approval or rejection of others. I believed I needed to change and act or talk differently so that I could be accepted and approved of by them. I wanted their acceptance. I wanted their belonging. And I tried so hard to get it. Um, and now as an adult, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like... A lot of other humans walking the earth um, how much we want that acceptance and it's and, and it's healthy we, we need belonging um, what I didn't recognize though was that their acceptance of me was out of my control and that's even important for me to keep in mind today I can't make people accept me that's a dead end so now what that beliefs busted so I came to the question Okay, so what do I know to be true? And I know it's true that I'm a unique creation. I have dignity, value just because I'm human. It's not dependent on acceptance of another person. Instead of seeking the external acceptance and believing that my value rests in the hands and words of others, that it's located externally outside of myself, I can rest in my own internal knowing and the statement I've been using to close out every one of these episodes. To believe in your goodness. How am I going to help my children or my students 
see that or believe it if I am not practicing that and believing that in my heart, believing in my own goodness. I have had years of practicing people-pleasing as a means to gain acceptance. The new belief is accepting that I am good, I am valuable, and my voice matters. I think that's why I'm doing this podcast. I hope it's helping others, but I'm needing to remind myself and practice believing and working on trusting that my voice matters just as much as anyone else's, not more and not less. And having the courage to still make my voice known even when I feel fearful that somebody's not going to accept it. I'll start practicing this simply by writing my closing phrase on paper and posting it. And I invite you to do the same. I can accept that I am loved. I am called to love others and called to love myself and believe in my goodness. Thanks for joining me today and please do believe in your goodness.